Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, and they've got a new iPad magazine to check out. We'll also hear from Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah! We're joined by Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com with so many things to talk about, but right now... I still hear all these wacky things about the companies that Apple should acquire. And one commentator is saying, and I've heard this before, that Apple should buy BlackBerry. Why? Why would anyone say something so crazy? (laughs) Well, to my mind, the only thing that BlackBerry really has going for it uh, these days is maybe it's, it's patents. You know, it's intellectual property. Other than that, I I don't think that the company really has a lot to offer anybody. You know, at one point the operating system was was the big thing, but you know they've they've made sure that that got messed up. So I'm I'm not really sure what you would use for that. I mean, you know, maybe it's something for a company like HTC that is having some difficulties in the market to give them, you know, a, a leg up. And, and a different operating system because Samsung is controlling the Android side. But for Apple, I just don't see it. Well, that's it. Where's the upside? I could see where Apple buys technology from somebody. But when you buy a full-fledged company that builds its own hardware, well, look, for example, at what happened with Google and Motorola Mobility. Does anybody in their right mind believe that was a good idea? I, I can't see it. It doesn't seem like it's paid off to me. I mean, really, what, what has it done? Is there anything? Give me a few hours. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hmm. Well, they're not building the next Nexus phone for Google. In fact, Google's all they're going to be doing is taking the Samsung Galaxy S4, strip it of junkware, and sell the pure Android experience. That's it. Yeah. If you look at Motorola, I mean, there there was speculation at the time, and that uh, Google bought it. Motorola for its patents and its IP. Uh, so that could very well be the case. That could be what's going on here. Right, but that's a lot of money for patents, and it doesn't look as if that's done very much for Google. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it did. Maybe Google has the flexibility now to, to be able to go out and do some things that it wanted to do with phones. But you would think, you know, after this amount of time, that they would be doing something besides releasing a scaled-down Galaxy 4. Well, if you look at the Galaxy 4 very briefly, it has to be scaled down because the biggest criticisms voiced against it, and Consumer Reports doesn't know this, by the way, they have no clue about this, is that roughly half the storage space of the 16-gigabyte version is taken up because of all those extra apps that Samsung stuffs in there. Well, I, I mean, that's always an issue, isn't it? You look at all of the things that that these companies put on their devices... And when half of the storage space is gone, I, I think consumers are are kind of cheated because when it, you always have to allow room for an operating system and you know whatever small apps the the people put on there. But to put you know what's commonly referred to as bloatware on your phones and the, it takes the decision away from the user about what they want to use. Now, you know everybody puts apps on their phone that, that come with it. 
you know, Apple has a weather app and stock app and iTunes and things like that, but they're not that big. You know, they don't take up a whole lot of room. The, the things that Samsung is doing is taking up, um, and Microsoft, you know, that stuff is, is eating up half of the storage capacity. And I'm not, even, I'm not even sure you can delete it. Part of the problem also with Samsung is, in some cases, they duplicate software already provided with the Android distribution. It makes maybe some sense to provide something of value-added extra, something that isn't part of it. But having a duplicate translation utility, what's the point in that? Well, there, there is no point. And, you know, when people make a decision to buy something like the uh, an Android phone or, or a Motorola phone, I, I think that they do so a lot on price. And, you know, now that the Samsung phones are getting a bit more expensive, uh, that's not as much of a, a concern anymore. But I think that they're buying it on what they perceive to be the flexibility of being able to get into the system and, you know, do all kinds of things that, that you may want to do in, in, in changing the look and feel. But, you know, there's some drawbacks to that as well, and this is certainly one. Well, I have a commentary this week, maybe you've seen it, where I headline an article entitled, Did Samsung Bamboozle Consumer Reports? I did see that. I have yet to read it, but I saw it. Well, the point being here is that it looks like Consumer Reports was so overwhelmed with the extra features that they couldn't really evaluate that product correctly, and they totally overlooked some of the stuff that doesn't work. Like, there's a smart scroll feature in the Galaxy S4, and what this means is you can choose to tilt the phone or look up or down, and it will scroll the screen. Right, And you have an adjustment to control the speed. So it ranges from very, very, very slow to very slow. <laughs> you have to tilt the thing almost a 45-degree angle before it works, and nine times out of ten it doesn't work. Now, that would be a serious negative, right? You know, because you it's, it's something that Samsung is touting. You think the Consumer Reports would have the wherewithal to look at that feature and say, hey, this doesn't work. So what do they do? They don't mention it. Well, you can always do that, too. <laughs> it has to make you wonder sometimes why they mention some of the things that they do and they don't mention others. But tilting is, is something just based on, on what I do now and how I use my app, my iPhone. I would think that I would have to turn that off. You know, I don't mind scrolling because with the, with the iPhone, I can scroll with my thumb, one hand. Or I can scroll with, you know, the, the, my second hand with a finger. Uh, to move it up and down just seems a bit awkward to me. Um, well, the tilt, I can see if you're tilting back and forth, what does that do? Well, that exercises your wrist. So it forces you to engage in more wrist movement that you might otherwise want to do, especially if you have to do it to an extreme. Well, I mean, so we can sue Samsung for a carpal tunnel. Yeah. Okay, that's it, folks. We'll just sue Samsung. If you get carpal tunnel after using a Galaxy S4, well, guess what? Sue Samsung. Of course, Samsung is being sued by everybody, so, you know, get in line. Might as well add to the pile. You haven't seen this phone, have you? The Galaxy S4? Yeah. No, not, not in person, no. Right. The other thing, of course, is it's still the same shortcoming. The brightness of the screen suffers severely in sunlight. It's not as bright as a lot of other phones. 
because of the technology they're using. And it looks okay in normal interior lighting. But even outside in the car, if there's sunlight outside, that thing is dim as anything. And see, that's not good. No, and CNET reviewed it, and they came up with that conclusion. And the other issue here is that, for example, Consumer Reports actually praised the product for having good brightness. (laughs) Uh, Well, clearly they didn't go outside with it then, did they? I don't know. I think they do everything in their laboratory, and they don't understand that when you test these things, you have to test it under real world conditions. Take it where people take it. That's what reviewers are supposed to do. And I make a point in in my reviews to say, you know, this is how I normally use, you know, a phone or or a a tablet. So that's how I'm going to use this one. You know, I'm not going to do anything to make the review purposely worse or or purposely better. Yes. I'm not going to not take it outside if I normally take my iPad outside. You know, I'll I'll do what I normally do and see how it works because I know under those conditions how I normally work and what I, you know, the problems that I run into. We'll run into a problem with our sponsors if we don't do this. We have Jim Dalrymple joining Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You know, the people we work with the most aren't always the people we see every day. Coworkers work on the go, different offices, clients are spread across the country, around the globe. You know, to work efficiently today, you need to have a stronger connection to your team to build trust and stay focused and brainstorm. And as you know, here on my radio shows, we've got people around the world that we deal with. Well, with GoToMeeting by Citrix, your entire team is just a click away. You can share the same screen and collaborate in real time. Tell me about it, even on your iPad. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. Go to meeting. Meeting is believing. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Now Live, we have Jim Dalrymple joining Gene Steinberg. Now, one other thing about these larger screens. When Apple was asked about this, Tim Cook responded during the quarterly conference call with financial analysts that there are problems with the larger screens. He talked about color quality, brightness, all aspects of it, battery usage, I guess. So this is telling me, having a 5-inch smartphone, that maybe it's nice to have the larger screen real estate But there are drawbacks, the problem being a lot of these companies don't consider those things. They just look at the spec sheet and say, gosh, golly, gee whiz. Well, there there are bound to be drawbacks. There's going to be drawbacks to every decision that that you make as a, a manufacturer. It's just a matter of how many of those drawbacks are showstoppers. You know, for Apple, the iPhone 5, they wanted to have the best quality screen that they could have, but they also wanted to to have a larger screen and one that you could still hold in one hand and, and be able to use. For me, that's very important because if I'm traveling, I you know, you, you're walking, you have one hand or you're having a coffee or whatever. One hand, one hand operation is important to me. Could I do with a, a, a little bit bigger screen and still be able to use it? Probably. But 
that's that's definitely a consideration. Uh, that doesn't seem to be so much of a consideration for the Samsung phones. Well, it's also true that Samsung supposedly or shipped 10 million copies the first 28 days, and that's not bad. That's pretty good for a high-end phone. So you think that people are willing to overlook some of the shortcomings to get the larger screen. Well, exactly. I, I think that some people are. I mean, you know, as much as I, I dislike the uh, Galaxy Note, apparently it's selling, and some people like that. I can't see it myself. Now, the Galaxy Note is even larger. It's more than five inches. It's, what, five and a half inches, something like yes, that? something like that. Oh, that's absurd. Now, at least with the S4 over the S3, it's a little tinier. So you right. can forgive the larger screen. But still the same thing. If I had a basketball player's hands, I'd love it. And maybe it's designed by people at Samsung who play basketball. <laughs> maybe. But, you know, let's go to Google because of the fact that Samsung is now the best-selling Android product on the planet. And in their advertising for this product, Android isn't even being mentioned. The unkindest cut of all, they're putting on their own custom stuff. They now have this $800,000 fund for prizes for people to develop, believe it or not, free apps, and they'll give a prize, but they have to use their custom SDK for group sharing. Right. So where does Google fit with all that? Well, I mean, Samsung is kind of locking them out, aren't they? They sure are, and you can think here, what would it take for Samsung to simply fork Android, set up their own app system, contact all the app developers and say, here's where you can go, give us your Galaxy-specific apps, and we'll push the heck out of them. Yeah, there's no reason that Samsung can't do that. I mean, the the big thing about the popularity of the iPhone and Android, for that matter, is the ecosystem. You buy a phone, a smartphone, and you want to be able to download apps because you know that you can do it. You can download games and productivity apps and, and things like that. That's what you want to be able to do. That extends the use of your, your smartphone. So if, if Samsung can say, you know, here are app developers, I mean, they've got billions of dollars. If they say, hey, we're going to put $50 million into uh, to app development, come on over. Well, you know, by all reports, developers on Android, the majority are not making that much money. So if Samsung did that, yeah, people are going to go. I have no doubt about that. What choice would they have? They have to make money. And if you look at what's available at Android, they have about the same number of apps as the iOS, the App Store. But if you look, a lot of the apps are wallpaper designs, ringtones, multiple versions of the same app. Yeah. So, for example, they've got something called InnoMail, which mimics the basic look and feel of Apple Mail on an iPhone. So the developer has a free version with two or three different themes being two or three different apps and then has a paid version. So that's four apps or something like that instead of one. Now, if it was Apple, they would simply pick one app. Here you have four. That's how the numbers are inflated. Well, I mean, you still have apps like that on, um, on the App Store, too, you know, free and, and um, uh, paid versions. One is ad-based and the other isn't. I, I think that some of them move to more in-app purchase now you know, is an easier way and to be able to control that a bit more. But yeah, I mean, you know, the the way that, that apps are done and 
the way the people buy them, whether they're free. I mean, there's there's so many reports going around uh, to say how this is good for Apple, bad for Android. And I can't figure out really why. You know, why is it that, that Apple people are buying more of these apps? Why are the, the developers making more money? Even even if you look at things like uh, yesterday, the, the iPad had about 90% of the revenue generation for all tablets. Well, that begs the question, where are all of these Android tablets that people keep talking about that are out there? It reminds me of what Steve Jobs said about the first generation of flash drive-based music players. Before, they came out with the iPod Nano. And the reason being, of course, that they didn't have enough storage, a lot of reasons. So now you have to look at these other tablets. People supposedly are buying them, although there's this murky issue of shipments versus sales. But Apple isn't totally innocent of that because they do that with shipments to third-party dealers. They count sales through their own dealerships as a sale. Sales to other dealers are counted as shipments because they don't always know, except by the inventory at the end of the quarter, how many are actually sold. So we understand that. Okay, so the question is here, when people buy those Android tablets, what are they doing with them? They're not going online. They're not doing shopping. What are they doing? That's that's the question that I have, and it's, it's the question that I posted to the piece yesterday. Where are they all? What are they doing with them? You know, even if you look at, at web traffic, the iPad is, is dominating. So are people buying Android tablets and using them as bookstops or doorstops? Well, I, I don't get it. Do they not go on the Internet? I, I honestly don't know. That is really peculiar. It might be that they are just so badly built that people use them and then put them away. Well, that could very well be. It's it's hard for me to imagine somebody buying a tablet, uh, except maybe uh, a Kindle, you know, where I, I think people buy a Kindle for the main reason is to read. So if they're not on that much, I, I can I can understand that. And but when they are on, when they are on, they may be visiting the Amazon ecosystem. It doesn't matter. Right. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You can save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators, freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22 cubic foot deep freezer in stock and ready to ship anywhere bensdiscountsupply.com also stocks a full line of solar powered appliances to get you completely off the grid check out bensdiscountsupply.com or call 800-771-7702 that's 800-771-7702 or click bensdiscountsupply.com for camping home or bug out location bank on bensdiscountsupply.com If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop, the guy who says, yep, when Apple's going to do something, sometimes, 
and nope when they're not, and maybe we'll ask a few of those questions. We were getting into Google here, and a little bit later we'll talk about Tim Cook and his testimony before the U.S. Senate where they tried to bulldog him, and he came out smelling like a rose. Okay. In fact, I remember this one sequence, and we'll get on to the other subject, where Senator McCain was complaining, gee, I have to update my app so often on my iPhone. Yeah. <sighs> it's fawning over him. All right, so much for the beleaguered CEO of Apple. Okay, Google I.O. A lot of people were expecting announcements of a new version of Android, or at least a revised version of Android. No such thing. What went wrong? Well, I, I mean, we, we don't know whether uh, a version of Android was supposed to come out. You know, it's the same thing that, that happens to, to Apple. Reporters come out and say, oh, we expect a new iPhone to come out. And it doesn't, and then it's a disappointment. But nobody ever said that it was. I, I see that as the, the same thing, really. You know, I, I don't think that Google ever said that there would be a new version of Android. People just expected one. I think because the Google I.O. conference is supposed to be the special event where such things occur. Like, for example, at the WWDC, we expect to see a new version of OS X and a new version of iOS, but Apple has signaled that's going to happen. With Google, you have to think, when will the next version of their software be out? Now, the last release is Jelly Bean 4.2, which many say is rather a buggy release, although that's what Samsung is using on their Galaxy S4. So what's going to be next? A 4.3? What about the 5.0? What about the major update? But more to the point, when they get it out, one of the issues they did discuss was fragmentation, the fact that only a small part of the users of the Android system get the latest and greatest ever. And that's a problem, I think. Well, security problem, it's immense, because, what is it, 97% of the known malware on mobile systems is on Android 3% is on the old Symbian OS that Nokia is using. Yeah. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you use Android, then it's not funny. <laughs> not so funny. I'll tell you the first thing I did when Samsung sent me a Galaxy S4 to test. The first thing I installed ahead of everything else was security software. See, I don't even think about that. With my, with my iPhone 5 and iPad, I don't even think about security software. You know, Apple has... has some rigorous testing and you know on over the app store over the past number of years they've made a mistake here and there but you know nothing fatal uh so not something that that i consider google io did they have any announcements of any note anything important not just they're giving a slight shave and haircut to google plus doesn't matter uh, google plus didn't matter to me uh, the only thing that really stood out at all to me was you know an update coming to maps out of all the announcements that's that's the only thing that mattered to me you know this music service that they had that's that's boring there was nothing there what's different than having pandora well, or or that spotify well even even worse what's different than having rhapsody from a decade ago you know i mean there there's there's no real difference that i see so Google didn't do anything to really push the innovation forward in that market. It just released its own service. So, yeah, you can use your Google sign-in, and so what? There was nothing there, really. Now we'll know more about what you're doing. In fact, that would well, have yeah. been the answer right there. Instead of 
the Department of Justice going after the AP and this Fox News reporter to get information about receiving leaks from the Department of Defense or something. They could have checked their Google accounts. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do know a lot, that's for sure. And the more that we use Google, the more information they have. And, you know, that's how Google makes its money. Google makes its money by knowing what we do and serving up ads to us. That's what it's all about. But notice that after the first day of Google I.O., no one mentions it anymore. Didn't cause a peep anywhere. Oh, they're having a music service. Who cares? No new Nexus phones is going to be a bloat-free version of the Galaxy S4. What else did Google introduce? Nothing important, right? Yeah, nothing that, that interested me, for sure. Now, there's an article. This is not something you may have read, but there's a story that Daniel Aaron Dilger did at Apple Insider where he reviews the new 3D feature for the Google Maps. Oh, yes, I did see that. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Of course, Daniel's the kind of guy who does this. He's a friend of the show. And he points out that today, the 3D feature of Google Maps is worse than Apple's Maps when it was released last year. And, of course, nobody talks about it. So Google's Maps feature is faulty. Really screwed up. Apple was doing things a year ago. It was a horrible, horrible misstep. Well, not a year ago, but you get the picture. Well... What I found interesting is that the people, when Apple's came out, there is no doubt. Nobody can defend Apple's 3D imaging and the way that it, you know, destroyed bridges and all that kind of stuff. It destroyed buildings. Uh, and people had a, a good time making fun of Apple for that. And so much so that Apple apologized. But I find it interesting that, you know, Google comes out with its 3D or, or it leaked or whatever happened, came out with it. And it does the same thing. But I don't see the Wall Street Journal writing about how Google Maps are screwed up. You know, I mean, it's it's a totally different thing. It really is. And the fact is here is that as of today, you use the Google navigation feature on an Android smartphone like the Samsung. It still says beta. Why don't they say that? It's still considered beta. You get very detailed warnings about the fact that they're not responsible if you get lost. Well, people are are doing that. Siri is beta. They never said the maps was beta, did they? No. No, they didn't. We understand with Siri. But with maps, they should have said beta, and they should have actually made a point of saying this. Hey, folks, this is going to be a great feature, but it takes a little longer to develop. We want you to help us out. If you see something wrong, tell us. It's beta. We don't expect it to be perfect. I think two sentences at the introduction of this product when it first came out in September of last year, two sentences in a press release or a press announcement from Apple, I think a lot of the nonsense wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I mean, they they still would have... uh probably had lots of people making fun of the the way that they did things and you know that's going to happen sure but it wouldn't be such a big issue hey it's beta we know it's going to be screwy in fact make a big joke of it say hey look the empire state building is smeared and the hoover dam is melting 
<laughs> you know, this is cool. This is funny. Maybe we'll even have a special site with the craziest errors. You know, make fun of yourself. Say, hey, guys, we're not perfect. We screw up. Have a special site with the worst errors. Saying, this is what we found. How about you find something? The person who finds the most errors gets a free iPhone. Yeah. What's the media going to do? Make it fun. Make it something to laugh about. Don't take it seriously. Understand these things are imperfect. It's going to take a while. And I pity anyone who depends on Google Maps to get to where they want to go. I see lots of errors there, too. Oh, of course there are. There's lots of errors everywhere. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to, to be perfect every time. I, I think the reason that Apple was, was made fun of so much, two things. First, it was really the first 3D rendering of buildings and, and areas like that. And yes, it, it messed up in some areas. So that's, yeah, that's a problem. And secondly, because it was Apple. You know, they're on top of so many markets right now, and, and everybody likes to see the top guy fall. Same thing happened with Microsoft. Okay, uh, and of course, Google will fall soon. We know it. Jim Dalrymple joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. 
Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. If you love pineapple as much as I do, I've got some great news for you. You're going to love this offer from Freeze Dry Guy. For the month of May, Freeze Dry Guy is offering the finest quality freeze dried pineapple. A case of six number 10 cans yielding 114 servings at a special introductory price. First quality freeze dried pineapple grown and packed with nothing added. This healthy treat works wonders with salad. It's great for snacking, hiking, hunting, camping, and for adding to your food storage program. And please note that Freeze Dry Guy's foods will store on your shelf for decades. Order now and get free shipping to your front door within the lower 48 states. The special introductory price is good until May 31st. For more information and a free complete product list, go to freezedryguy.com or phone 866-404-3663. freezedryguy.com 866-404-3663. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you know jim dalrymple of the loop at loopinsight.com i kind of think when tim cook or phil schiller steps up before the Worldwide Developers Conference in June. This will be June 10th. When they deliver that keynote, it would be fun if they say, hey, we came out with maps last year and we had a few problems. You know, something's got a little melted. Have fun with it. And then say, look what we've done to make it better. And then show comparisons where maps is as good or better than Google Maps. Say, look, we still got a ways to go, but we're beating the other guy. In some places, I think if they have a fun, a good old time with it, that's going to shut up the critics real fast. Well, I don't, I don't know if they would go that far, but to be able to show that Google Maps isn't perfect either, I, I think would be funny. You know, a- Apple does poke fun every once in a while, especially at WDC. You know, over the years they've they've done that, and that's okay. I remember, People- for example, when Steve Jobs announced the introduction of keynote the presentation app that competes with powerpoint and he said you know we had just one beta tester for this mm. and there's a picture of him on the screen yeah and people laughed and they had fun with it yeah they and said, he was he was the beta tester sure he was but he, it was designed for him to do his presentations right and then they made it into a full-fledged app and it worked it was yeah great. it's real good i mean i don't hear any complaints about numbers all right tim cook some members of the media say fire the guy 
So he goes before Congress. And we know Congress can be pretty tough with people they have an agenda against. We're seeing with the Benghazi hearings, the stuff about the IRS. But everybody hates the IRS. And if you think they screwed up now with conservative political action groups, you will get stories, nightmares about the IRS forever. I don't know what happens in Canada about the people who collect taxes there. But the IRS is always a whipping boy. All right. So they decide, let's go after Apple because Apple is the number one tech company and they're avoiding their taxes. <laughs> Let's show them a thing or two. In fact, just to preface this, there is a talk show host in America named Ed Schultz. Ever hear of him? No. Okay. He does a syndicated radio show, and on MSNBC, he tends to be liberal. In fact, unabashedly so. So the other day, he's attacking Apple, not paying their taxes. They don't pay to pick up the trash at Apple headquarters. And I thought, what? That's not the issue. The issue here is that Apple, because of the way they do business, they are able to keep a lot of their money overseas and thus pay taxes in those jurisdictions. And therefore, a lot of their income they don't pay taxes on because they earn it elsewhere. It's pretty complicated, but you saw his testimony. What was your reaction? Oh, I thought he did a great job. You know, he he really, um, I think that he answered the questions he kind of put to rest some of what what the Senate senators were bringing up against them. You know, um, I, I think that a lot of people felt that Apple was avoiding paying taxes in the U.S. But in actual fact, they're not. They're paying taxes for North and South America every bit of tax that they should be paying. What the U.S. Senate wants, or the government, is for Apple to bring all the profits from around the world back to the U.S. so that the U.S. can tax them. But they're not required to do that. So why would you bring tax uh, all this money home to the U.S. when you don't need to, and have the government take 35% of it. What Tim Cook is suggesting is they overhaul the tax code and set a discount price, a fair price that would not be so high as to keep the money offshore, but low enough that a company can bring the money back, pay some money, maybe 5 10%, whatever, and say, look, we're paying our taxes, we're bringing the money back in the USA, we're heroes, the IRS gets more income from it, Everybody's happy. Yeah. But in fact, he said, and this is one thing that some of the critics aren't mentioning, he said, you know what, if we end up paying more taxes as a result, that's fine. I, I, I think Apple's well within its rights to, the money, to, to keep the money where it is. The money that they're keeping in Ireland is money that was made outside of the U.S. I don't think that the U.S. has any right to tax that. Um. Apple can keep that wherever they want. And, and to be clear on another point, they are paying taxes in the countries where they make the money. There is a debate, though, over the rate in Ireland. Oh, oh, there may be what, whatever the rate is, that's, you know, that can be up for debate. But the fact is they are paying taxes in whatever European countries and, you know, wherever this money comes from, they are paying taxes in those countries on that money. And it's being held in Ireland. 
Now, if Ireland works out some deals to have companies locate there, like Apple, and they work out tax deals, well, good for Ireland. You know, more power to them if they can do that. Because who wouldn't want Apple there or, you know, Google or Microsoft or whoever it is with all kinds of jobs and everything else? If the U.S. is not doing that, then they shouldn't be looking at Ireland and pointing the finger. They should be looking at themselves and saying, okay, well, why can't we do that? That's well, that's my thought. Well, I think one of the issues here, too, is that the big thing that kind of got stuck in the Senate's mind was the fact that Apple, rather than bring that money back, when they did their stock buyback, they borrowed on the capital markets because it was cheaper to pay, what, 0% interest and to have to bring that money back to the U.S. first. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why they they people feel that they need to bring the money back. Well, you know, the way the tax laws are structured, though, in the U.S., nobody, no single person understands them. You need a no. team of accountants. You can ask 10 different accountants about a certain level of tax laws, and you will get 10 different answers. If your tax return is more than the basic tax return, you may go to 10 different tax preparers, and they will come up with different results. Yeah. And they'd all technically be legal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you, as a Canadian, how's the tax structure there? Uh, I have an accountant. Uh, because I'm a, a, a freelancer and, you know, with a, a, a business and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't trust myself to do them. Um, so I've had an accountant for years. How How is it? I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, Canadians have a pretty heavy burden of tax from the government. Now, we have a lot of things that are provided um, for that burden, but we do have a pretty heavy burden, which is disappointing, you know, on, on one hand, but, you know, I, I guess it's the, the type of society that, that we live in. It's the inevitable trade-off. Yeah. It's just like we talked about before with products. There's trade-offs to everything. So... So are Canadian companies doing the same stuff, keeping money elsewhere? You know, I I don't know. I, I would say yes, uh, absolutely. Um, it's interesting that a little while ago there was a story in the Globe and Mail or, or one of the newspapers here in Canada about how 400 of the richest people in Canada – we're keeping their money in the Cayman Islands where they don't have to pay taxes. So, you know, I would question the senators and, and uh, you know, the politicians. And some of these people that, that kept their money in the Caymans were politicians in Canada. Um, you know, business leaders, politicians, all the ones that you would um, hope that would, you know, be chipping in what they could. And and I understand that they're going to keep some money off. And, you know, I don't know the extent or how bad it was. But, you know, isn't a valid question for the Senate is how many of you have your money in offshore accounts? Because what wasn't it uh, uh, John Kerry or somebody when they were running for president, um, the press found out that a lot of of his uh, holdings were offshore in the Caymans? 
So I, I think that's a valid question. If you're going to ask Apple, well, why aren't you paying taxes? Well, why aren't you? Why is your money in a Cayman bank account? Boy, I wish I was rich enough to consider that option. Yeah. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. That's at loopinsight.com. And it's always a fascinating place to discover things you didn't know about Apple. We have more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. The 9th Annual Health Freedom Expo returns June 7th through June 9th at the Schaumburg Convention Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, featuring over 75 world-renowned doctors, activists, and experts. Meet Dr. Joel Wallach, author of Dead Doctors Don't Lie, actress and activist Daryl Hannah, famed Dr. Patch Adams, women's health expert Dr. Joan Borisenko, GMO activist Jeffrey Smith, and renowned natural health doctor Dr. Joseph Mercola. Sample delicious healthy foods, watch award-winning documentaries, attend exciting panel discussions, discover the latest natural health products and be sure to check out the expo hall filled with 200 exhibitors don't forget about the new interactive pavilions and receive free screenings it's all here under one roof for only 20 dollars a day or 45 dollars for the entire three-day weekend it costs less than a doctor's visit but hurry tickets are going fast for tickets and info visit healthfreedomexpo.com or call 888-658-3972 the health freedom expo your one source for total natural health solutions Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we had been covering Tim Cook's testimony before the U.S. Senate, complaining that Apple was not paying its fair share of taxes. Tim Cook simply says, okay. Here's where it goes. We pay everything we owe. And why can't you overhaul the tax laws to make them simpler so companies can not be encouraged to move things around like this? Well, I think it's a valid question. And a couple of the senators um, even brought up that Canada's uh, corporate tax rate is 15%. You know, countries around the world are, are lowering their their corporate tax rate not not just canada uh 15 percent it is here now 
to try and, and stimulate uh, jobs and stimulate the economy. And the U.S. corporate tax rate is 35%. But most big corporations don't pay it. Most small businesses don't either because if you're running a small business and you're showing a profit at the end of the year and you have to show a profit, some profit, or they consider you a hobby. So the simple thing to do is, okay, I'll buy a new printer. That kills most of my profits. I'll pay taxes on the $100 that are left. See, I show a profit, yeah. but I'm not paying a lot of taxes. That's what a lot of companies do. Sure. There's all kinds of ways around it. So there you go. Okay, let's look at Apple's forthcoming announcements, WWDC. Now we know, according to Tim Cook, Apple's going to build a Mac in Texas. We understand Foxconn has a plant in Texas. So, Jim, is that where you think they're going to build it? That's where it seems it's going. The Mac Pro? Uh, I think that's a pretty good bet, yeah. You wouldn't think like a Mac Mini? Well, the Mac Mini may be a, another good one, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think that they'll take their um, their notebooks there. They're more complicated to build, but also, I think Apple would do better with a lower volume, high profit item, because if there are production inefficiencies to begin with, it doesn't matter as much. They're not selling as many units. Well, yeah. I, and it, it, the Mac Pro or the Mac Mini, I think, would be good starting points to, to manufacture in the U.S. Now, is it true that when they first started shipping the new iMac, the 2012 iMac, some were actually built in the U.S. somewhere? Because that's what some people said. It was marked I, built in the USA. Yeah, I think some were assembled or, you know, there was there was something something in there that that they could put that on there but i don't think that they were actually you know like this plant well we're gonna have to see how that turns out and whether that's the beginning for apple to build more gear in the usa it's a big issue that's sure another issue is. people complain about apple say well they're building things overseas yeah but what would you be willing to pay for your iphone if it was assembled in texas or north carolina or North Dakota or something. Would you pay the difference? Well, I mean, people are looking for the cheapest price that they can. And there was, you know, a little thing on on Twitter the other day that yesterday, I think, that said, uh, I had a little checkbox. Do you want the Mac uh, built in China? And it was the normal price. Do you want the Mac uh, built and assembled in the USA at eleven hundred dollars? You know, are people going to do that? I doubt it. As they have more production efficiencies, though, as more and more of these products are built by robots with more limited production lines, then it doesn't matter, does it? Well, I, I think that you know some of the biggest cost is going to be labor. You know, you can have some efficiencies and, you know, but there's still going to be some there. I guess it depends on what, what Foxconn really, how they do it, how they how they can make that work. Well, there's nothing to stop Foxconn from building similar production facilities here. Look what the Japanese automakers did. No. They were able to build viable plants in America for Japanese autos. Look at Honda. If you buy a Honda Accord today... 
it's as much or more of an American car than many cars supposedly made in America by American companies. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And no one complains about the quality of a Honda or a Toyota or a Kia or a Hyundai. I've had Toyotas for years. You get the point. And where was it made? Marysville, Ohio or something? Probably. (laughs) I forget which cities do the Toyotas. Isn't there one in North Carolina? There are plants in North Carolina, yeah. I, I think that's probably where it was done. Or they build them in Canada. There you go. Let's look at some other issues about what Apple's going to do. We believe iOS 7, OS 10.9 introduced at WWDC. What about new Mac notebooks? For WDC? Yeah. Um, I, I think WDC is a good place for uh, for Macs of, of all kinds. Uh, I don't see it as a good place for um, iPads or iPhones. But Macs, the, the Macs just seem to fit for me. I don't know. Mm. There are also reports that supplies of some of the Mac notebooks are dwindling, which would make sense ahead of a new product introduction. There's a new Intel chipset. Yes, and, you know, that's something that you always have to look out for um, when those new chipsets come out. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that Apple is going to uh, release a new computer all of a sudden, uh, but it's a good indicator that, okay, now there's, you know, a, a new chip that they can move to. Um, would it make sense for them to, to release something in the, the next couple of months? This is, by the way, the new Intel Haswell family which, as usual, supports more power. It gives you less current consumption, so therefore the batteries will supposedly last longer, and better integrated graphics. And they're supposedly starting to ship now because HP has announced a new line of notebooks, so some people expect that's what's going to happen. You'll see a new MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro with that. And still, Tim Cook could say, well, we didn't promise a new product till the fall, but these new chips just came out, and we figured we couldn't wait. Well, it, it's hard to, to, to tell what Apple's going to do and, and why. You know, I mean, they could do some, some great things. They could wait. They could, I, I, Apple doesn't do things because the market dictates that, that they do things. They do things because this is what they feel is best. You know, so it could be the end of this year before we see, for instance, a Mac Pro. They could release it tomorrow. We have no idea. Well, I think a WWDC, though, is a good place to introduce that kind of product, that class of product. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it is. And people are waiting for it. Well... It was promised, so there you go. And then, of course, we're looking for the first product made in the USA. We can see where Apple, at an event like that, can show pictures of the plant. This is where it's going to be built. This is where the parts are being built. Look at this. Made in the USA of 89% domestic parts, whatever the percentage is. Right. That makes sense. What about an iWatch? Well. What do you think? Who who really know? I mean, is there any doubt? Nobody should have a doubt in their mind that Apple is working on 
uh, new innovative products in in different categories than what they are right now. So not Macs, not phones, not tablets. They're working on other things. So is an iWatch part of that? It, would it be more accurate to say uh, wearable devices? Um, you know, I, I, I think the only safe thing to say is that Apple is working on other products, other devices that, that consumers will find helpful and useful. We hope you'll find these announcements useful. We have Jim Nelrumpel of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. If you love pineapple as much as I do, I've got some great news for you. You're going to love this offer from Freeze-Dry Guy. For the month of May, Freeze-Dry Guy is offering the finest quality freeze-dried pineapple, a case of six number 10 cans yielding 114 servings at a special introductory price. First quality freeze-dried pineapple grown and packed with nothing added. This healthy treat works wonders with salad, is great for snacking, hiking, hunting, camping, and for adding to your food storage program. And please note that Freeze-Dry Guy's foods will store on your shelf for decades. Order now and get free shipping to your front door within the lower 48 states. This special introductory price is good until May 31st. For more information and a free complete product list, go to freezedryguy.com or phone 866-404-3663. freezedryguy.com, 866-404-3663. 
gardeners. Here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terraganics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. It improves plant quality size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Last segment here with Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinside.com, talking about all the developments in the tech universe, Google I.O., such as it is, Tim Cook before the U.S. Senate, forthcoming products from Apple, what they might be. Now, we have the Microsoft, what is it, the One, Xbox One? Yes. So we have the 360, now we have the One. Does that mean it's lesser? Than the 360. <laughs> I'm trying to understand their model designations. They don't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't. I, that doesn't make sense to me. But Microsoft's model de- designations of anything don't make sense to me. So, you know, I was interested to see the one because uh, the the Xbox is the one uh, product from Microsoft that I really thought that they did well. And my son is a big fan of the Xbox uh, as well. And I asked him the other night if he was looking at getting one, and he said, no, he's going to wait because there's no games available for it yet. And, you know, that's a difficult thing for for Microsoft to say, okay, we're not going to make this backwards compatible. And I respect that decision because if you want to move forward with something, you've got to leave everything behind and go. And far too often, Microsoft is so worried about backwards compatibility that they don't they don't make things work properly. Um, you know, their operating systems are a perfect example of that. Uh, well, they're so, trying with Windows 8, and yeah. as far as backwards compatibility, look at Windows Phone 8. Phones that ship with Windows Phone 7 or 7.5, they can't update. It's not backwards compatible. Yeah, but... I think for from for Microsoft to come out with with a new Xbox and not make it backwards compatible was a gutsy move, you know. So you got to respect them for that. However, um, will people run out and buy it without the games there? No, you know they're going to need the promise of these games uh, and and actually be able to go out and get them. So it's kind of a catch twenty two for Microsoft in that way. Now, supposedly, also this is going to have some or more of the functions of a normal set-top box in a previous version? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're basically updating the the innards of 
of this to make it more of a, an entertainment system as well as a, a gaming console, which is, you know, that makes sense. I and mean, a lot of people use it as a, a DVD or Blu-ray player, and Microsoft wants to get more into that. I mean, Microsoft for a lot of years has, has had Windows Media Center. So, you know, this what they're doing with the Xbox makes sense. But do you think they're going to try to have it be their answer to what the Apple TV may or may not become? Well, they they may say that, they may think that, but no, I don't think so. You're still going to look at an Xbox as mainly a gaming console with some other functionality. Yeah, yeah, that's how I look at it. But you notice with the first version... But with the first version of the Xbox, Microsoft spent billions of dollars before they showed a profit. And I think if you count all the investments, they still haven't broken even, even though it makes a profit now. And you mentioned you like the Xbox, but wasn't there a generation or two where they literally had to allocate a billion dollars to replace defective units? Remember that? Yeah, they, they had to replace, and, and we had to have ours replaced uh, I think three times. Oh boy! Yeah, yep. How recently? Oh, I th- the last time was a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, but yeah, we had to send it away, and and they fixed it and sent it back to us. But not not recently. So you know, maybe they found out what was wrong and you know fixed it for good on the on the last go around. Did you see these new Microsoft commercials where they have someone who sounds like Siri kind of attacking Apple, the iPad, in comparison with a Windows 8 tablet? Haven't, I, I've, people have sent it to me. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Yeah. Sounds funny. Yeah, the logic I guess they're using. And some people say it's kind of flawed logic. Well, it's Microsoft. Well, of course. But I think they're arguing, of course, well, you can do PowerPoint on one of our tablets, but you can't do PowerPoint on iPad. Well, no, we could do Keynote. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft's logic when it comes to these things is just, it's so wacky. You're going to buy a Windows 8 tablet to run PowerPoint? Really? Not me. I mean, I I wouldn't want to run Office on a tablet. It's a bloated mess. Well, I like what Apple did with Keynote because Keynote is um, Keynote is is built for the tablet. You know, it, it's got a lot of power, but things are are tucked away. You know, so if you tap in a at a place and it all of a sudden shows up, and you have all these features, they're very powerful apps, but they don't take up much space. They they don't take a, a, a ton of processing power, so you're able to do some really cool things. And, and, you know, make a whole presentation, go to your Mac and finish it off, or, you know, just run it right from there if you want. Um, Office, you know, PowerPoint and Word and all that, those are, those are desktop apps sitting on a tablet. They're not made for a tablet. So, you know, people are going are gonna to recognize that. One argument that Microsoft makes, which may be legitimate, is multitasking, the ability to run more than one app or app window at the same time, which you can do on a Windows 8 tablet. Of course, this multiple Windows feature is part of the Samsung, the Galaxy S4 and other Android tablets and smartphones. 
But don't you think it's reached the point that maybe with iOS 7, Apple shows that kind of multitasking too? Because that's where it is relevant. Well, sure. I mean, you know, people talk about how many accounts you can have and the multitasking and all of this. I don't run into to a problem with with what Apple is doing right now. Could they improve it? Sure. You know, are there different things that they could do? Of course. Um, and, you know, they'll probably do that in the future. But to me, Microsoft is trying to to convince people uh, that their PC is put in a tablet. I don't think that's what people want. But that that's is what the- they've been trying to do for years. It, that's exactly it. This, they, is, this is nothing new. It may be thinner thing. and lighter. But from the very first day they talked about tablets, it was basically a PC in a tablet. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that's what people want out of, out of a tablet. I think people want and expect a different kind of computing experience, not a desktop computing experience on a tablet. I, that's not what I want. If, if that's what I get, then I'll just use my, my laptop. It's much easier. Jim Dalrymple, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at jdalrymple on Twitter and at loopinsight.com. That's the loop at loopinsight.com. You'll want to look over that site every single day for great stuff. Jim Dalrymple, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231. And the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. (coughs) Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of world customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Daniel Aaron Dilgroff, Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider, joins us once again. He's got lots of fascinating stories, and we referenced one in our previous segment with Jim Dalrymple of The Loop, and that is this new Google 3D service as part of their navigation feature, which I guess is similar to Apple's flyover. And they've got problems as bad or worse than Apple did when they came out with Maps last September. Is that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, when when Apple came out with flyover, it was compared to Google Earth. And I did some comparisons at the time last year. And there's a number of places where Google Earth itself looked looked bad. I mean, it was outdated. The, the imagery was just done, you know, a couple of years before Apple's new product it isn't terribly surprising that it would be that outdated. So if you look at a recent interchange or something that has been under construction for several years, Google would show it before the any construction was done, and Apple is showing you a more recent version. But in some places, Apple hadn't finished the flyover effect of a city, for example. And one of the most famous examples of that was the Brooklyn Bridge, because Brooklyn was done, I believe, but the 
you know, outside of, or, or Brooklyn was not done, but Manhattan was. So it was kind of like on the line of where it got really crazy looking. And so people made a lot of a big deal about this and keep bringing it up as this is emblematic of what's wrong with Apple Maps is that Apple didn't get the entire world completely perfect in 3D from the beginning. So it's interesting to me to see that Google's first effort to kind of replicate the same technology, to pull some of that Google Earth technology closer integrated into its Maps product, which currently, a year after Apple did it on mobile, Google is just now adding it to the browser. It's not on any of Google's mobile apps for Android or for, for iOS. The only 3D effect you get in those maps is the, you know, the block models. So this, this concept of taking satellite imagery and putting it into 3D so you can look at it from different angles and you can see down streets and you can see how mountains work and things like that. Google's following the same approach that Apple did because it's useful. Everyone said, oh, it's not street view, it's not good enough. Well, it is very useful when you're looking at directions or something to get kind of an idea of perspective. You can see it from a bird's eye view kind of thing. It is a useful feature. And Google is doing the same things that, that Apple's doing and, you know, rolling out this new feature. And there's a lot of things that are not quite right. In Google's case, the middle of Manhattan, I haven't looked at it closely, but all the people that I've talked to that have been looking at it say there's a lot of big problems on it. But yet it's not news with anybody. You know, it's also true. If you go to Google's navigation app on Android phone, you know what it says? It says beta. There's a beta prompt with all sorts of terms and conditions. We are not responsible to get lost is basically what it says. And people accept that. The media does not mention it, just as they don't mention what you point out with regard to their 3D feature about the fact that Google's mapping feature make some very serious mistakes. I kind of think here Apple would have done so much better to take a humorous approach to this. And I suggested this in the previous segment. And that is when Maps first came out, say, it's not perfect. And the person who finds the most errors will give them a free iPhone or something. Or maybe even now, a year later or nine months later, at the WWDC, show them, and I assume they will, how they've improved Maps, and then show the pictures. Have fun with it point out there's a lot of work here but if you don't take yourself too seriously and you understand these products are flawed and you help work with us and point out the errors they'll be useful i think if they try to be too serious it destroys it yeah i don't know how much of a problem is with apple being serious apple is not very good at social things in in terms of crowdsourcing a lot of people to do something intentionally and although in Maps, you there is a mechanism to report an error or say, you know, this address is in the wrong place or something like that, it's kind of something you have to sort of dig. You have to figure out how to do, first of all. And second of all, there's no real incentive for doing it, as opposed to other things like, for example, Waze, which is, if you've ever used that, it's kind of a more a social mapping product. It's more for, for routing, especially for commuters, you know, finding how to get around you know, an accident or something on the way to work, a, a trip that you always do, as opposed to maps, which is just kind of like a general purpose figure your way around anywhere. Apple doesn't have any sort of mechanism to give you points for reporting things, whether they're worth anything or not. It, it's like people love this kind of in, incremental little metal for doing some good thing. Interestingly, if you go online, Apple's online stuff, like in their help forums, I think there is a, a reputation system where you log in and when you when you help somebody, when you come up with a an answer that helps other people, you get points for it or something like that. And, and so there's kind of this leaderboard of makes it sort of a game of, of helping people and you get sort of recognition for that. And I wrote about that a long time ago. I mean, I think it was 10 years ago 
I wondered why Apple isn't doing that in other areas, incentivizing people. They have accounts for everybody. Everybody has a what is now an iCloud account. I think they should turn Maps into a game and make it interesting and have all sorts of things you could do. Have basically combined Game Center with Maps and have all sorts of achievements you could unlock and things like that. It would get people to fix Maps in a way that if you just like leave it wide open, like Google has done a lot of wide open stuff. There's also the open. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's like there's an open maps group that has tried to create an open source mapping system. The problem with that is that when you leave things open, you have a lot of room for like graffiti and and just people is putting it in junk. So it's like Wikipedia where you have to have this whole system to police against people putting crazy stuff in there. Of course, Apple does give awards like for being the 50 billionth person to download an app. You get some kind of recognition and award. So I see the logic in well, the person who reports the most mapping <laughs> errors get some kind of prize for it. Well, sure. I mean, you could do that, but the idea is to, yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you incentivize? I mean, it's, 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 I'm have no problem with giving stuff away. I'm just saying that they have a mechanism. They know, they kind of know how to do it, but they're not doing it. And I wish they would do more things like that, encouraging people to, because there is a lot of power and, and Apple does. I mean, maps is powered by crowdsourced information. It's just the people don't own voluntarily giving it they're using it and apple is pulling in all this information about how fast your phone is moving and so they're just determining whether there's traffic or not in this this corridor things like that that happen anonymously and so there's that element of crowdsourcing that apple is getting better at or like developing the ability to do um but there isn't the same sort of and if you look at you know apple runs what's could be one of the biggest open source projects in the world webkit I always think it's funny when people talk about, oh, 60% of the phones or 70% of the phones on Earth run some bit of Android software. It's like, well, almost 100% of the phones, the smartphones at least, run WebKit. We're talking about software that does no one any commercial good that is being widely distributed. Let's give Apple credit, too. Well, they don't want to mention that. But they also don't mention (laughs) the fact that we see it occasionally when you look at web traffic. The iOS gets a disproportionately high share. It's as if people aren't using their Android phones and tablets. Well, that's true, but I'm saying on top of that, I mean, people like to give Google credit for Android, and you know, Google has worked on Android and, and done some things for it. I think they're they're missing a lot of things that they should be doing. But the, the credit that Google gets for other people using Android is, I think, it's kind of overstated because before Samsung had Android, it had you know what Android was before it was Android, which was Linux running, you know, a Java system on top that was already widespread. And that's what Samsung was using to compete against the iPhone before Android became widely established. One of the things. And Android itself isn't that important ground changing of a thing. It's just a little bit more organization, a little more polish for Java on Linux. Whereas, you know, Apple's efforts to create a real mobile browser with WebKit you could make the argument that that's a little more significant because before that we had Netscape and Microsoft's Trident browser kind of battling it out for, and they were both had quite a bit of junk in them. The fact that everyone, every mobile device maker on earth has chosen WebKit shows that it's probably technical superiority over the alternatives. So, I mean, Apple doesn't get credit for the, the open source projects that it, it does. I'm just comparing that to, um, this idea of Apple crowdsourcing. I mean, Apple's doing this crowdsourcing with development, which is a little bit different. Your, your audience is people who are 
experts at web development or programming or whatever, as opposed to just everyone using a map. I'll tell you what, we'll have more of this and a few questions more. From Daniel Aaron Dilger, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. The location, Denver Convention Center. Timeline, June 27th through 29th, 2013. The event, the Doomsday Expo. Our world and nation are changing. It's time for an educational experience that will enlighten you and the entire family at the Doomsday Expo, June 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Denver Convention Center. Check out the latest survival products. Learn valuable survival techniques. Meet other preppers and meet guest speakers, including Dr. Joel Wallach, Scott Hunt, Jay Blevins, and more. Boost your knowledge with seminars on natural disaster preparedness, long-term prepping, survival gardens, self-defense, off-grid living, and financial planning. Ladies will get a valuable female perspective on family defense and preparedness. There's even a casting call for Nat Geo's Doomsday Preppers, and everyone will enjoy the first dry food cook-off. Tickets are just $14 for all three days and a Saturday evening concert. Mark your calendars for June 27th through 29th, and get all the details at DoomsdayExpo.com. DoomsdayExpo.com. Preparation starts here. 
Hi, my name is Stephen Hewer. As a degreed nutritionist, my first priority is for you to get healthy. That won't happen if I make wrong recommendations or cause you to spend money on supplements you don't need. After 20 years working with thousands of products and thousands of people, I know, for the most part, what does and does not work. One World Whey is the first and only unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows on the market. It retains substances that no other whey protein powder has. These nutritive compounds supply life-giving nutrition. Your body merely needs the right conditions to make great health happen. Due to low-quality foods, toxicity, and aging, having great health is more of an effort than ever. One World Way is the superfood of the century, and when added to your diet, it promotes energy, detoxification, muscle gains, fat loss, and overall radiant health. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider joining us. And we were talking about Apple and Maps and Google and 3D. Of course, they're failures. Now, recently we have the Google I.O. conference. It's supposed to be the big events, like Google's equivalent of WWDC. And then the day after, not many people said much about it because not much happened. There wasn't a new version of Android. The next Google Nexus phone won't be a Nexus phone. It's going to be a version of the Samsung Galaxy S4 that will be stripped of the junkware. It takes up half the storage space on a 16-gigabyte version. So Google's complaint, I guess, what they were talking about was the fragmentation of the Android platform. What else happened there? Anything? Um, well, there must have been a few things. I mean, a lot of what Google is doing is sort of iterative because they're, they're managing these open source projects. So every time they come out with a, a new version, it's, it's kind of done in real time. If you look at the progress of Android over the last several years, it hasn't been like iOS where every year there's like this definitive new version. It's kind of like whenever they get to a point where they can release it, they release it. So it's a different release schedule than Apple. And there's also different kind of expectations with it. And because it's sort of, it's kind of a, kind of a hobbyist sort of group and the way that it's managed and the way that it's, you know, what its goals are are so different from Apple. And it's also different from Microsoft. So it's kind of like a, a new beast that we haven't seen happen. It's kind of, new i mean it's it's not just another windows in fact you know people keep comparing it to windows but it's so different from what microsoft did that it's it's hard to make direct comparisons but if you if you look overall if wwc came and went and had as little news as as google io everyone would be talking about how apple is going to like implode and catch on fire and you know even more so than they are now this disparity of coverage where Google doesn't do something or does something poorly and we take it in stride and the stock goes up and Apple does anything wrong. And even if it's something that's not nearly as drastic as what Google might do wrong, Apple's kill for it. Well, yeah, Apple and Google are very different companies and there's a, I was going to say a better understanding of how Google works, but I'm not sure if that's it either. I think it's kind of more of a, it's easier to be excited about something that might happen that seems plausible than to be excited about something that is happening that doesn't seem plausible, which is what Apple's doing. 
When you look at the numbers of what Apple's doing and how much of the industry, how much of several industries Apple controls, and by control I mean like 60-70% of the profits of PCs, of all smartphones, of media, like everything from music to, to movies to, I mean, all digital media, Apple has enormous cloud over it. And it's not like a Microsoft-type power where they control the floodgates or, you know, they control the every in and out. They just have a product on the market that people are choosing. You don't have to use iTunes to get your digital content. There's all kinds of stores now. And yet all the profits are going to Apple. You don't have to get an iPhone to work in, in certain markets. Like, you know, Windows always was. It's like in a lot of markets, you had to have a Windows computer to be able to function as a company or to work on the enterprise or to interface with, you know, certain software, things like that. That's just not true with the Mac. People choose Macs because they want a Mac. And they pay quite a bit extra to get like a, a premium Mac compared to the, there's a lot of cheap PCs available. So if you look at what people are choosing to buy in comparison to who's making the most money, Apple is the only company that's making a lot of money in consumer electronics without any sort of monopoly control of things. And, you know, if you look at how Steve Jobs talked about the iPhone when it first came out and said that, you know, we patented all this stuff on it, those patents haven't done a lot of good. Apple isn't winning with the iPhone because they patented everything. They're winning because everyone's choosing the iPhone. Even though there's a lot of devices that copy pretty closely the experience. I mean, there's a lot of rip-off products. And if you look at Samsung's Galaxy line, it was really just, it introduced the iPhone 3GS from Samsung. And yet, it didn't take away Apple sales, even though they were cheaper. That's pretty powerful. If somebody came out, if, if some Korean company came out with, you know, basically a BMW slash Audi that was just a pure ripoff, so where you couldn't even tell driving past what, what kind of car it was, and it cost half as much, and they didn't make a dent into, you know, the sales of German cars, that would be pretty impressive. Both for them to get away with that and to like not have any, not have any financial impact. It's pretty hard to make the case that Apple's been hurt by Android because Apple's making phones as fast as it can and it, it's selling phones as fast as it can. Well, you had a story the other day about the fact that the media made a big deal about Samsung reporting they shipped 10 million copies of the Galaxy S4 in 28 days. But when Apple shipped 5 million iPhones over a weekend, that was a failure. Yeah, well, part of it is expectations are set differently. So part of it was it was it was reported as a failure because Gene Munster said they were going to, you know, sell some other huge number. So that's part of the problem. Another part of the problem is the launches aren't the same. That's Samsung's global launch. They have a lot of partners. They've been selling s- smartphones since long before the iPhone came out. So when Apple releases a phone as fast as they possibly can, Samsung and, you know, a couple other companies, including Nokia and RIM, BlackBerry, have more distribution still. Even though Apple's selling the most of a specific model, all these other companies have greater distribution for products. And so they can push them out into the market a lot faster, and their shipment numbers are going to be higher because they're pushing them out to all these carriers at once. Whereas Apple, you know, I, I detailed in that article, Apple got its record numbers at launch, in just a few countries. I think it was nine countries. 
that didn't include a lot of other major markets that Samsung did in its first month, which it took Apple several months to get to things like India and, you know, Korea and, of course, China, which didn't happen until a quarter after, like three months after the iPhone 5 launched. And that was another 2 million. So if you add up all these, you know, the launches that Apple, it was actually, you know, if you if you took all these parallel events and put them together, like the way Samsung did, Apple sold at least, I mean, they reported sales of more than 7 million because there's 2 million more in China in the launch weekend. So part of it is just like a compression of time for Samsung that they can say they've announced more. Um, but I mean, it really boils down to Samsung sells cheaper phones to a, a broader audience. And that's why they're not making as much money as Apple is because they're selling more lower profit phones. But at least they're making a profit. A lot of the other companies aren't. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're doing that because they, that's one of the few options they have. If Samsung could do the same thing Apple was doing, come out with a fancy phone and sell it exclusively to all their loyal users, of course they'd be doing that because then they could make as much money as Apple was. But they can't do that because they don't have that much loyalty on their users. Even if their ads, you know, present all these people that just love the Samsung so much that they have to walk down Apple lines and show it to people who are waiting in line for the next iPhone and make fun of them. You know, it's just, it's kind of silly the way they present that. But, But the thing is that Samsung desperately wants to make fancier phones. And ironically, even though even their their top high end phone is not that good, one of the other things that the media is not reporting at all is if you go to these reports, users put comments on these reports saying, "I have a Galaxy S four. It has a terrible battery. It has poor fit and finish. It's a plastic phone, and it has other problems, including which all these software features. Remember when they did the big like circus song and dance of, of putting it out, and it's supposed to like track your eye movement and all this stuff. Well, the reviews came in and said, you know, it doesn't it's a nice idea, but it doesn't really work that well. It's an interesting point. There's a feature no, on the... Let me just mention this because I think you're going to want to comment. There's a feature on the Galaxy S4 called Smart Scroll. Now, what that means is either, depending on how you set it up, with a tilt of the head, up or down, or tilting the phone, it's supposed to scroll the screen of text. And let me explain, you know, once again, I did so earlier, but to Daniel, in case he hasn't tried it, on an S4... There's a setting for the scroll speed, which ranges from very, very, very slow to very slow. When I actually got it to work on tilting the phone, it does not work when I tilt my head. Maybe I'm not expressive enough. Maybe my eyes are not expressive enough. It doesn't like blue eyes or something like that with contact lenses on them. I don't know. But when I tilted the device, I had to tilt it almost 45 degrees for it to scroll. And imagine your wrist and how your wrist is going to feel going back and forth with this phone for a couple of hours on end. Talk about carpal tunnel. We'd have a class action lawsuit against Samsung, except for one thing, and that is the feature in normal use, it doesn't work. And we'll get into more of that in a moment. Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live with Daniel Aaron Dilger. And I mentioned the Galaxy S4 and about all this bloatware and about features that don't work. Now, Consumer Reports gave the S4, Daniel, their highest rating of all smartphones, an 81. And the iPhone 5 got a 77. And I think an LG got like a 78. But Consumer Reports talks about all these features in their article, most of which are available on all smartphones. And they ignore the fact that smart scroll doesn't work. They don't even mention it. That's interesting. I I think they try to... They try to do that to look unbiased. So they they handicap Apple to, to make it look like they're not fawning over a company that has better products. Right, but how do you look unbiased if you ignore a feature that doesn't work oh, or if you praise a feature that doesn't work well? Like, for example, what about brightness in sunlit surroundings? Well, if you look at, if you remember the history of Windows, there was a lot of that too, where if anybody advertises a feature, the reviewers just assume that it works and talk about it because it's much easier to repeat, you know, basically take a PR statement and just put it in your own words, paraphrase it all, than it is to actually do the testing of seeing whether something does work. And with the iPhone, they worked really hard to test to see if it actually did work and came up, you know, they would occasionally do something and be like, oh, I think this is a problem. We have to make a big deal about this. You know, whether it was reports of it getting hot or it was the iPad, um, 
and whatever. And then because because that's the only thing anyone has ever said anything about it, it gets blown out of proportion and becomes like the thing that gets reported. That the iPhone doesn't have, you know, you put your hand on it wrong and it covers up the antenna and doesn't work. And it's like, well, that's kind of the case with any phone. If you wrap your hand around it, it's not going to work as well. But it's interesting to see how people review features like that. Because I was I was doing a lot of research with Maps, you know, comparing Google Maps and, and Apple Maps. And one of the things I noticed is that Google's traffic information is really bad. <laughs> it's like everywhere I've looked, it would I would compare. And I was like, in real life, is this red and black slash, you know, horrible traffic corridor. There's no traffic on it. So I was trying to figure out how they do it. Is it is it supposed to be real time? Is it just kind of like a average of there's usually traffic here, so we're going to mark it as traffic? And when I would look at other people reviewing it, they would look at Apple Maps and they would look at Google Maps and they'd say, wow, you know, I looked at Google Maps and there's like red lines everywhere. And in Apple Maps, there's only red lines along here on like this part of the freeway. So that indicates to me that Google's much more information they're present, presenting much more information. When it's like, did you even test it? Did you go to look to see if there's actually traffic there? Because more information is not useful if that information is not correct. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of what you're talking about with both reviews and advertising, it comes down to laziness on the report of on the on the side of reporters who it's, it's a lot easier to take a like I said to take a press release and turn it into a news story than it is to really go and do an in-depth review of a product and find out what's right and what's wrong and what, what works and what doesn't. Well, I think in this case, with these features, it would take just a few hours to go through each and every feature and see if it works or not, and then spend more time as needed. Now, yeah, let's, you think. With, they're, they're I think. Like headline features, yeah. This is Consumer course. Reports. Consumer Reports is supposed to be fair and balanced because they buy the product retail. They don't take advertising. So supposedly they'll evaluate these things on their merits, but they seem clueless. If you overwhelm them with features, well, that makes a better product. They ignore, for example, the fact that all the bloatware on the Galaxy S4 consumes half the storage space on a 16-gigabyte version. I mean, it's preposterous. Let's look at something else preposterous. These new ads that Microsoft is running for Windows 8 tablets... I don't know if you've seen them, but it seems to me that they're really distorting in one way, which is the screen size of the full-size iPad is distorted and made to look much smaller than the screen size of their Windows 8 tablet. You've heard this? Well, I did a story on, they have a web page up, and the top graphic, across the top there's this graphic that shows an iPad and an Asus or... one of four different tablets like that. And they're portraying them both at the same height. So they had to scale down the iPad about 91 to about nine, 91% of its normal size to make them both the same height. But of course that's distorting the, that's making it look like it's much smaller than it actually is. And then the text of it, you know, they go through and talk about how the screen, they had an icon up of showing like the nine point, seven-inch screen of the iPad and the, I think it's 10.1 or whatever it is. Right. Portraying it like it was quite a lot larger in a little graphic, just like a, a little block of color. And they also said in the text that the the screen is larger, the text screen is larger. And I made a note that there was a, a blogger mentioned, it's like, that's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> so I was looking at it and I screen capped it. And it's like, so 
after I, I did the article, they took out the part, they took out the, um, the text where they said the touchscreen was larger. And they also took out the graphics. I mean, they took out the, the main graphic, the sort of abstract block showing the, the widescreen being much larger than it actually is. Is that the screen size is actually like three percent smaller? So it's not like dramatically smaller, but it is is smaller than the iPad in terms of surface area. And um, they were portraying it like it's about a third larger, which just isn't true. And they're still portraying the images as is being scaled differently, which is that's pretty sketchy to like say here's here's two images. And I thought it was funny the the response. There was all these people that just have all these reasons why Apple is evil. And they were saying, oh, well, back in the, you know, the trial with Samsung, Apple photoshopped these images out of control to make it look like they were the same size. It wasn't about the size of the screens. They were talking about the overall copying that Samsung did. So the size of the images didn't matter. And the images were taken right off the websites. So it didn't really matter if they were the same, the same percentage of, you know, ratio of screen or whatever because you weren't measuring screen size you were talking about the look of the screen and look of the product right okay but in this particular case the difference is very simple folks the fact is the apple ipad has a four to three aspect ratio and the one used by most of those other tablets is 16 to 9 now the problem with the 16 to 9 is it's fine for a widescreen movie but for text for a book, it's not so fine. Perhaps <laughs> a lot less fine, which means, for example, if you're going through a web page, you're going to have to scroll a lot more with a 10.1 inch Asus than you did with a 9.7 inch iPad, which gives you, by the way, more accessible screen real estate. Another fact that they try to ignore over there. And then the other thing, you know, if you're going to bring up screens, you, sh- really, you really shouldn't be bringing up screens if you're talking about Windows tablets because the the Apple has screens down. I mean, Apple has had a a strong lead in buying components for some time with the iPod and with the iPad, they've gotten screens and they have a very nice screen and they have a Retina display. So if you have like some budget Android type HD display, that's what are they? Thirteen by seven. They're not Retina display. They're not anything close to Retina. They're they're comparable to the original iPad. You know, here's you an interesting really thing: screens and sizes and things like that, because they're just not as good of a screen. You want let to talk t- about? Let me yeah, tell you something here. Something. But. This is interesting. Okay, now the Galaxy S4, and I have one in my hand right now that Samsung sent to review. The Galaxy S4 <laughs> has a screen resolution that measures four hundred some odd pixels per inch, as opposed to the iPhone's three-something pixels per inch retina display. Let me tell you something. You could see little dots in there if you look closely. The text isn't near as clear and crisp and sharp as it is on the iPhone 5. So isn't what are they doing with all those pixels? Isn't it also pentile? It's, it's an AMOLED display. Yes, it is. So it, it, I think it uses the pentile range. I'm, I'm not sure if it's, I haven't looked at the, the newest one to see how it changed. But I mean, before what they were talking, they would talk about screen density and they're counting pixels in sort of a creative way. I want to know more about that because that's fascinating. Daniel Aaron Dilger joining me. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in graphic converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. If you love pineapple as much as I do, I've got some great news for you. You're going to love this offer from Freeze-Dry Guy. For the month of May, Freeze-Dry Guy is offering the finest quality freeze-dried pineapple. A case of six number 10 cans yielding 114 servings at a special introductory price. First quality freeze-dried pineapple grown and packed with nothing added. This healthy treat works wonders with salad. It's great for snacking, hiking, hunting, camping, and for adding to your food storage program. And please note that Freeze-Dry Guy's foods will store on your shelf for decades. Order now and get free shipping to your front door within the lower 48 states. This special introductory price is good until May 31st. For more information and a free complete product list, go to freezedryguy.com or phone 866-404-3663. freezedryguy.com, 866-404-3663. Utopia Silver understands that mainstream medicine and the rising cost of health care can financially destroy any family. We simply cannot afford to get sick. The only option is to stay healthy. Americans are learning that ill health is not caused by a deficiency of drugs. It's usually the result of a deficiency of minerals, vitamins, proper nutrition, and exercise. UtopiaSilver.com offers colloidal silver and healing protocols for vaccine and radiation poisoning, arthritis, insomnia, and more. If you're sick of unconstitutional government mandates, then stand up now and say no. The time is growing short to put this evil genie back in its bottle. Join Utopia Silver in promoting good health and fighting for our God-given health care rights. Visit utopiasilver.com, U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So when is a pixel not a pixel? Riddle me this. Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. So Daniel, explain here what's going on. So the S3 had a pixel per inch measurement about the same as the iPhone 5, but didn't seem as sharp, and you can actually see the separate dots that make up the image. The S4 is a somewhat brighter screen, but I think it uses the same technology. At least that's what I read from the spec sheet. It has more pixels per inch, but you can still see the tiny pieces. Well, I mean, historically, Samsung has used AMOLED, you know, which is it's OLED. So it's actually each pixel is a like an LED lighting up as opposed to LCD, which is a layer of screen that goes dark or lets light through, I should say, with a backlight behind it. So OLED is like actually lighting up and has has brightness and has there are some features to it that are attractive. It has really intense color. So if you look at the the Samsung screens, it's kind of like the old Zoom. That's because that was the same technology. It has this like very saturated, like pop sort of color to it that appeals to less discerning audiences that like, you know, garish things, which Samsung is really targeting its market. But the color accuracy and what you're talking about is, is text and things being clear and easy to read. There's a lot of disadvantages to that too. And historically it was also like harder to see in bright light. I think they've, they've fixed a lot of issues in that regard, but not completely, but also the, yeah, the pixel layout has also historically been pentile, which is an odd assortment of pixel colors to kind of make up for the fact that they light up differently, different colors. I haven't done a, a close look at the, the latest S4 screen yet, so I can't talk about it too much knowledgeably. It does look more vivid. Yeah, it has but, a, that vivid, like, crazy, like, boom look to it. I've seen it, and you know, I've played with it a little bit. But This is the technique, by the way, the TV makers use to sell their sets. They have a special vivid setting that's used for the store. So if you see a TV set in the store, it's always bright and vivid unless somebody changes that setting. But if you go home and you try to look at that picture, it's impossible. It's too bright. It's too overwhelming. You want to use what they call the home on some TV set setting, which is the normal setting for your different types of viewing, for standard, for cinema, for sports, whatever. So this is a deliberate trick to make the sets look more presentable in the store and sell the best one with the flashiest picture. So I guess Samsung's doing the same thing because they sell TV sets. They know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you sell things is to bump it up so that it looks that it stands out and looks flashy. And that's part of the reason why they're going with bigger screens. And, you know, when they asked when they asked Tim Cook, you know, why isn't Apple going to with bigger screens? And he listed, you know, here's a, here's a number of things that make a screen that, you know, you care about when you're making a screen and a high quality phone. And the big screens don't have those features yet. In terms of like things like color accuracy and white balance and, you know, things that, that make 
it look correct as opposed to just kind of this sort of flash. And so there's, you know, there's a segment of the audience that is kind of impressed by a big screen with like crazy saturation. So that's who they're selling to. It's, it's the same kind of people who didn't care as much about having a user interface that made sense. And they were interested in kind of like a cheap PC system. So whether Apple can maintain a lock on quality and not allow Samsung to take over and be the windows, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing of that's what a lot of analysts are worried about because they're thinking that Samsung is going to kind of bamboozle the world with this lower quality device and no one's going to want a real product. But a couple of other things that are in play is that Apple has a software platform down. Neither Google's Android nor Samsung's own sort of things that it's trying to do, including Knox, which is for the enterprise, are really pulling in the kind of developer interest that you need to have a viable software platform. And all these efforts to, if you look at both Android and Microsoft's Windows Phone, and also Facebook, the thing that they're trying to do, they're trying to take the phone, the smartphone, and turn it into basically a one-app thing that maybe can run other apps in the, pa- in the background, but it's basically all about, you know, Android is all about having this sort of, like, doodly thing that you can change and, and put widgets around the screen and things like that. Windows Phone is all about having these tiles that update and, you know, you have all your contacts mixed together, various share- sharing services. Facebook is all about being Facebook. Um, people have rejected those things in the marketplace. People are looking for something that works like the iPhone. And the only Android phone that's really doing really well, I mean, the only company is Samsung, which is making a phone like the iPhone and selling it like the iPhone and marketing it like the iPhone, making it look like an iPhone. And that's what people want is they want a device that has the ability to run apps and it's really simple to use. And you don't have to figure out, it's not like it's not like a Windows type system. That's why Apple's ahead now, and this Windows thing isn't happening against iOS yet. Whether yeah. that changes in the future will be interesting, but it's not the case now, because Apple controls the software. And they don't control it in the sense of Microsoft, they control it because they're selling what people are choosing to buy, and what people are choosing to develop for. Because Apple's doing a much better job at creating a development platform than Google is. What Samsung's doing now is they're awarding $800,000 to those who will develop free apps, not for sale, free apps that will support their group share feature. You've heard about this. A little bit, but it's really hard to do, though. It's really hard to say, here's some money, go develop apps for an audience that doesn't care about it, and make and make sure the apps are really cool. If you look at the startups that are creating apps for iOS, it's not Apple giving them a bunch of money and saying, hey, go do something with this money. It's Companies saying, we want to do this crazy, amazing, cool thing. And here's the platform that is going to give us money for it. And then after we, after we put it on iOS, we'll, we'll maybe make an Android port just to like sell some extra ads for you know an extra little bit. But they're not, it's not like Xbox and PlayStation, where you have two strong platforms that are rivaling for, you know, each one has like its own kind of high-end um, exclusive game that that company makes sure it's only on its platform so people will buy its platform just to play that game. Apple and Android are very different, iOS and Android. iOS is the only really mobile platform that people are really writing innovative, cool apps for 
exclusively because there's a lot of exclusives. I mean, there's a lot of exclusives on iOS. And Android is the thing that people also kind of like throw their crap onto because Android is very much like the web. There's no business model for monetizing your content apart from ads, which are not the same thing as monetizing your content well. You add ads and you you distract from the service that you're providing. And people flagrantly steal. So you don't have a market where people are pay- paying a, you know, a fair amount for good content that isn't just like littered with with junk. I'll tell you what, we'll be littered with junk if we don't do this break. Daniel Aaron Dilger joining us with Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine joining me. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Now, I know that when I set up this Galaxy S4, And I went to the Google Play Store. Loads of wallpapers, loads of ringtones are on there. And yeah, there are some apps, but a lot of times you get these apps because the apps that come native with that product are so bad that you kind of get something that really works. Yes. (laughs) It's not the same. I mean, you go you go to the you know Google Play or even even on Amazon or some of these other sites that you can get Android apps. And it kind of looks like this is sort of like iTunes. You know, it's sort of like the app store. There's a lot of apps. And then you start looking at them and you're like, wow, this is kind of a different environment. This is much more like, you know, the sun Java on Linux thing that existed before the iPhone where there was lots of apps, but they were all junk and nothing anybody would want to pay for. And a lot of them actually want you to pay for them. And they want you to pay more than you would pay for an iOS app. So it's, it's, it is not the same. And every time I hear a review, I hear, you know, oh, Windows Mobile doesn't have that many apps. It, you know, just like Android and iOS, they have all the apps. And it's like, no, it's not Android and iOS. iOS is way ahead. And Android has a store full of apps, most of which, like you said, are ringtones and wallpapers and cons. Go search for, you know, like iTunes on Android, even Google's store. And there's like pages of c- complete ripoff apps that do nothing but appear to, you know, be Apple apps on your Android phone. I'll tell you what the email app I use on the Android phone is called InnoMail. And what is its major feature? It looks very much like Apple Mail for iOS. Yeah, you don't see a lot of apps <laughs> on the App Store trying to look like an Android phone. Why? You know, I mean, I guess there's some apps that you can get on Android phones you can't get on the iPhone, but the question would be why. Let's move over to a couple of more topics before Daniel leaves us for today. And that is the U.S. Senate drags down Apple. I guess they were trying to bully them, Tim Cook and the rest of the people, over Apple not paying their fair share of taxes. But, of course, when I reached the point where Senator McCain was lamenting that his iPhone gets updates too often, you figure they were fawning over Tim Cook. 
Yeah, I saw the the Daily Show had a clip. It was just kind of like summarizing all these all these senators that were talking about how much they loved Apple. So it ended up being kind of a commercial for Apple, if anything. But you know, there is there is like a real issue about what what corporations should pay in taxes. And people talk about oh, their fair share. Well, what is the fair share? What is a fair share? Is the fair the share is pay? what's legal right now. Your fair share is what's legal. If you change the laws and companies comply with those laws, that becomes the fair share. Yeah, and, and there are there are ways to both honestly and sketchily be honest. I mean, or to be legal. Because you can set up, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, setting up money in, you know, in the Cayman Islands or whatever that are apparently legal, but are pretty sketchy to, to earn money and then to, like, do a shell game with it and then not pay taxes on it. That's a little sketchy, even if you can do it and call it legal. But what Apple's doing is not, not really as sketchy because it's not, I mean, the whole issue isn't that Apple's taking its profits and pushing them offshore. It's that the majority of Apple's profits are made offshore. So the question is, how much should Apple be paying in taxes to the United States for money that's made in China or Russia or any other country outside? And what's interesting, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you, if you are an American and you are working outside the country, I don't know if any other country does this, but if you are of any other, um, if you're a citizen of any other country and you're working outside that country, they don't typically expect you to pay taxes on the money that you make in another country. Whereas in America, you are supposed to make money. Like if you go to, you know, if you're in Germany and you're earning money and you're paying taxes to Germany, America still expects you to pay American taxes on the money you made in Germany. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, why would why would you be paying taxes on that? It's like you know being a resident of another state, and that other state that you don't have residency in, saying, "Oh, you know, you were you were born in California. You should be paying California taxes, even though you live in a different state and aren't benefiting from the infrastructure of California." So the question is: Should the should America be getting a lot of money from Apple for making money outside the United States? And you know, the argument against that is saying. Well, Apple benefits from the infrastructure in the United States to make that money. But what's interesting, one of the other things that was, that was brought up, I mean, one of the senators was trying to make that point of saying, like, don't you benefit? You know, if you were, in, if you were a company in China, everybody would be ripping your stuff off. And because you're in the United States, we have IP laws that that's a protection that allows you to make money overseas. And Tim Cook's response was, yeah, let's talk about that. Because... We patented everything on the iPhone, and it's been years. The courts of the United States have just been like pushing things off and pushing things off, and allowed Samsung to go from being, you know, and also ran along with LG to basically rip Apple off and use its own technology, use Apple's technology to sell its products from Korea. That's not, I mean, it's it's Samsung's doing, and. You know, Korea didn't stop them from doing it, but it's really the United States that should stop them from doing it if it's United States patents. And instead, our courts and our judges have just not enforced the rule of law, just have not done it. And even though a jury came out and said, this is, you know, all over the map, it's still like, okay, let's let's question it. Let's question it for another year. This has been going on for two years. And the United States is not doing anything to protect American ingenuity. So why should Apple be paying taxes for that? I mean, that's the kind of the question. It's like, 
if you want us to be paying crazy amounts of taxes. And we're not talking about some amount of taxes because I think that's reasonable. And Apple said it's reasonable to pay, you know, a reasonable amount of taxes on these billions that they're making overseas. But the letter of the law says that Apple's should be, you know, anybody that makes money overseas should pay something like 35% minus whatever they're paying to that country. So if you're making profits in China and you, you pay some small amount of tax there, you can deduct that amount from the 35%, but 30, that, that's, a th- that's more than a third of all the money that you're making. The United States is just going to take that in exchange for what? Our education system is a joke here. We're not creating enough STEM students to let Apple and all these other tech companies have to recruit from overseas to, to have an educated populace filling their jobs. We're not doing enough in a lot of things. I mean, we have our interstate bridges are falling down. Look at what happened this week near Seattle. Yeah, where that's this crazy. bridge fell down because it wasn't maintained. But to get back with education, you go to school, you go to college. If it's a, not a state college where the tuitions might be low, you're saddled with what fifty, a hundred thousand, a hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. People can't afford it, and then some politicians, when you say, "Hey, we got to do something about this," well, don't go to college or. Let your parents pay for it. Yeah, sure. So your parents have enough money to give you $150,000 to go to college. Tell me a story. Now, my late brother had both the bachelor's and master's degrees, and he paid little or nothing for them because at that time he was able to go to top-quality schools in New York State and New Jersey and not have to saddle himself with debt. So we're not encouraging people to go get educated. And the people that are getting an education are saddled with not just debt, but high interest debt. We're we're giving the banks much better interest rates, and we're expecting people who want to get an education to pay huge interest rates at a time when interest rates are nothing, you know? That's right. The interest rates are zero or whatever. And that's the kind of rate that Apple got when they did the stock offering. They borrowed the money rather than bring the money overseas to America. They paid next to nothing in terms of interest. If you get a student loan, forget about it. Annual Aaron Dilger joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. There's been a disaster, and most of you don't even realize the serious concern for all of us. Alex Jones has warned you for years to get the most important supply you can for your liberty, freedom, and security, and that's food. We thought the danger was drought, or food diverted to our gas tanks, or food so expensive that we'd all need financial assistance to afford it, or our food being sold to other countries. But here's the most effective way you'll lose your liberty and security without a fight. Government regulation. The The do-it-yourself public services of many LDS Mormon food storage canneries can no longer be provided. This, along with the recent private gardening and farming regulations and additional government control of food supplies and resources, says food is the ultimate priority. eFoods Direct will provide free shipping on all food orders until further notice. Call 800-409-5633 or on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash alex. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So when you talk about technology, about such subjects as Apple Incorporated, and you don't want to make this a political show, but There's a lot of politics, especially when we talk about Apple and the tax man. And didn't Tim Cook also lobby Congress there during that session for better tax laws that would allow Apple to bring the money back to the United States and pay a reasonable share of taxes? But who listens? Well, they've done, in the mid-90s, they did, or the mid-last decade, 
they did a tax repatriation holiday to where corporations could pull a lot of money back. And the idea was, and pay like less taxes, not nothing. The complaint at the time was that instead of using that money to reinvest in American operations or or whatever, they basically, they, the majority gave it to their shareholders. So there's some question of what good that did the American economy. However, the the current status quo of having it so that taxes are so high that companies just will not repatriate the money. It would just be stupid to. It's not evading taxes. It's just choosing not to do something that will give you a huge tax bill. Well, you're not evading taxes if you obey the law. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, people, uh, sometimes it's framed as, you know, Apple's doing this thing so they don't have to pay taxes. And it's like, well, we all do that. If you have investments, you don't buy and sell them so that you have like this huge paper increase that you would pay taxes on. You have to do things in a certain order to make sure that you're not incurring taxes on something that maybe isn't even income, really. I mean, everybody makes decisions that, you know, you don't hose yourself in in creating a tax liability that's unnecessary. And so what Apple is doing in this case is not, they're not hiding money. They're just not moving money around that would like trigger a huge tax bill because that would be stupid. But a lot of these, you know, a lot of media is covering it like, why isn't Apple being stupid? But they're not saying it that way. They're saying it, oh, why is Apple doing things that are preventing it from paying billions of taxes? As if, you know, it should be. So I think that's kind of annoying. Just the way that journalists position stories that they know are not correct and they're they're not honest. But they're, I don't know, they have, they have a catchy headline. I find it distressing that journalism, because we need an educated populace to have a functional democracy. And when we have nothing but sort of entertainment for news, we're giving people what they want to hear and what they want to be titillated by. That's why our government is failing. And that's why our infrastructure is failing and our education is failing. And we are not the number one in any metric anymore, except for military ability, which is very expensive. What is it? We spend more on the military than the next three or four countries combined or more than that? I think- I think pretty much more than the rest of the world combined. All right. Well, are we getting the right bang for the buck? Now, it is true, however, that Apple will begin assembling a Mac in Texas, which Tim Cook confirmed. I presume, Daniel, that we can expect this maybe at the WWDC that they will reveal which Mac it is. I thought he already did. I thought he said it was a Mac Mini, but maybe I'm hearing this wrong. He did not specify which model. Well, he didn't say it then, but I thought he said it before. I was thinking it was going to be the Mac Pro because... I a, still think it will be. It could be both. But the idea being that it's already a um, sort of a specialized product that a lot of people get built to order as opposed to just buying it stock. So that would make sense to me. Incidentally, um, for years, if you buy a build-to-order Mac, it's made in the, you know, it's listed as made in the U.S. at least. I mean, the entire thing isn't made in the U.S., but it goes through production and people build it in the United States. I remember buying an iMac several years ago and, and it, you know, it says made in the USA on it. And so I, I called up Apple PR and it's like, what's going on here? And, and they said, no, this isn't new. It's been happening forever. If you get a built order Mac, it's built in the United States. So, but the, the, the new thing that's happening is that a lot of it is going to be built in the United States. I mean, almost all of it is going to be assembled here and a lot of the parts are going to be assembled in the United States as well. 
Well, for example, Intel chips on a Mac, well, they might be making them in Chandler, Arizona, where Intel has a huge plant. And I think they're building another one. I don't live far from Chandler, so I occasionally run into people from Intel. So that's one particular location. Samsung has a fabrication plant in Texas. Gorilla Glass is made where? In the Midwest somewhere, right? Kentucky or something, I think. Sure. So already there are parts made for iPhones. They're made in the USA and then shipped down to China, to Foxconn. And doesn't it become more and more expensive as salaries go up? It's still going to reach a point where Apple can build more and more gear in the United States because of the fact of the logistics of travel and the fact that people in China want to become more affluent, like everybody. Well, that there's also a difference between the kind of products you're making. It's much easier to build something like a PC here, like especially like a specialized PC or some kind of specialized high-end device. That's why you have cars being made in the United States. You have foreign car makers building plants in the United States because, A, you know, they're, they're big products. It's, it's, it becomes more expensive to ship. But it's a larger specialized product that you can build in the United States because you're building the same thing over and over again. Where the iPhone, the reason why the iPhone and iPad and stuff are being built in China is not just because it's cheaper, but it's because they have the ability, they have the infrastructure to do the complex tooling needed to make specialized small devices like that. The United States not only doesn't have the production capacity, we don't have the factories, we also don't have the, the, the tool and die experts out there that can come and converge on a factory and set it up to make an entirely new product. And we also don't have large amounts of, you know, fairly cheap labor that are willingly coming to, you know, coming from the middle of the country to go work on a project and, and do this like intense turnaround where you're making a million devices within a very short period of time for a launch. So all those things are forcing the iPhone to be made in China. But that's not the only product that Apple can make, and so the Apple can make other products here that aren't benefited by those factors as much. If you're making Macs, you don't have to make like this huge bunch of Macs for opening day. If you're doing Mac Pros, for example, you can make a high-end device that there are already a lot of devices like that being made in the United States, but they have different types of, there's, there's different reasons why you'd make it like that. And interestingly, Apple, you know, if you go back into in the eighties and early nineties, Apple was doing a lot of innovative production here in the United States. And next too, I mean, there's, there's some YouTube videos of the factories that Apple had run where they were very automated, but they were done in the United States to, create a local product um, because those factors weren't as important at the time. But today, I mean, if you want to be able to launch a new iPhone, that means you have to have millions in the channel the day that it goes on sale. You have to ramp them up and rapidly get a educated workforce to build them at a cost that's comparable to what other companies are doing. So there's a lot of factors that kind of force the iPhone to be made in China, but that other products that Apple makes could be made here. And so that's what they're working on. It'll be interesting to see how that all works out. But As things change. Daniel Aaron Dilger, where do we find more of the stuff you write about? I write for AppleInsider.com and RoughlyDrafted.com. 
And on Saturdays, I've been writing my editorials for Apple Insider. I've been generating a lot of comments. It's kind of interesting to see other people's take on things when I write a little more open content. Fascinating reads. And this is the kind of stuff you used to do at Roughly Drafted. And we hope we'll put more stuff on there as well. Folks, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl at Twitter. You can also go to TechNightOwl.com, our web portal, where you can check the radio show and my daily commentaries. And we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week we'll be featuring best-selling author Leslie Kane and also Colonel Charles Halt, one of the key figures in one of the most incredible UFO sightings of all time in Rendlesham Forest in the UK. On the Tech Night Out Live, Daniel Aaron Dilger, thanks for joining us this week on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.